Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. We have so much to talk about with this album, but before we jump into anything with the music, we need to hear from you, the fans. We are so fortunate to have fans who are loquacious and grammatically correct grammatically correct and sincere and that's why we love so much kenny gmail where we get to share real fan mail from you the listener so here's another edition of kenny gmail This first one is in response to our teenage fan club, Bandwagon-esque, Epipod. And this comes from Bridget Cedric Mori. You, know, you bear with me here because I don't speak Latin. Is regular it, or pig? No, this is regular Latin. Okay. I, I'm fluent in pig. Okay. Please. I'm from Harnett County. <laughs> took it in high school. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys offered Spanish, pig Latin. It's the same teacher. <laughs> same curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> You think you're speaking Spanish, but it's pig Latin. <laughs> you like travel like to Spain and like kids, I'll handle this when we're in a restaurant. <laughs> so uh Bridget writes and don't worry, I've got the translation when we're done. So Atiem Portator Placerat Gravida Mesinus Finatus Quam Sit Emet Vehicula Consecutor Libero Puris Portator Nist Tristis Tempus Dolor. I recognize a few words. I think that they said, I'm proud of my milk that I <laughs> ride in my vehicle. I have obviously wrongly thought that Latin was a dead language. Clearly it's not. No. If people are still writing it. Bridget gets it. She's down. I actually sent this off to a well-renowned university linguist to translate it. Oh, great. Dr. Google. The translation is, even innovative real estate pregnant... Mason is sterilized as carrots, vehicles, tomato, chili-free airline airports, such as pain or a soft diameter, triplet time to focus on. I can get behind chili-free airline airports. I mean, let's be honest, sushi-free airline airports sound pretty good, too. Yeah. What does it say about pregnant? Even innovative real estate pregnant. I, do you think <laughs> that just means like a burgeoning housing market? Raleigh <sighs> is Man. real estate pregnant these It is days. real estate pregnant. Bridget. Thanks for writing. Yeah. Glad to hear that we are trending in Latania. Thanks again for sending those emails in to our Kenny Gmail segment. Again, you can send them to finestworksongs at gmail.com. For people who never read the title but just hit play, (laughs) what's the album that we're reviewing today, Matt? We are going to be talking about Van Halen's 1984. Matt, as always, we like to begin with our memories. So what is your memory of Van Halen, 1984? So my sister, Jennifer, is about eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned before, she's introduced me to lots of cool music through the years. Wouldn't it? She gave you a tape with the Smiths on one side. Well, no, it was both tapes, but it was like after her first semester of college, she comes back, she's like, I've got two albums for you to listen to. One was the Smiths, Strange Ways, Here We Come. The other was Poison, Look What the Cat Dragged In. (laughs) She double majored in English. (laughs) And makeup. (laughs) (laughs) So when 1984 came out, she was staying after school doing activities or whatever and i remember going into a room and playing this cassette 
just sitting there and listening to it and just staring at the album cover yeah and thinking like why why is there a baby angel smoking a cigarette (laughs) (laughs) how did they get this picture (laughs) yeah what is this world coming to (laughs) i'm excited to talk about this album it's it's one that i have very very fond memories of listening to how about you i remember it like it was yesterday matt my family and i we went and vacationed up at this resort in the catskills (laughs) 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 and uh one night I was out exploring, and I found there was a secret party. Ooh. It was a filthy grinding party. That's <laughs> what they called it. And that's where the staff went <laughs> at night. And I danced with my partner, and it was hot, incendiary. And I got caught up in all this drama of the staff. I ended up having to fill in for this dancer. Man, I'm new to this, right? Mm-hmm. I hadn't been filthy grinding for long. <laughs> we went to a nearby resort, and we did it. Except there's this climactic lift Mm. at the end Mm -hmm. and i hesitated we got through it but uh, my partner was pretty upset anyway my dad finds out about all the drama and my involvement and orders me to stay away from Mm. the staff but you know i couldn't yeah my dad refused to talk to me at that point it was a great vacation it sounds like it. yeah we had a wonderful time my partner gets fired there's tons of lying and adultery just like any family vacation sure Yeah, 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 yeah yeah meanwhile my partner and I are just dancing, meeting up in secret. Mm-hmm. You know, we got in the water and danced at one point. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> I figured you'd know. I've seen the photos. We practiced all summer. End of summer comes. All of the people who lied, all the people who had committed crimes, it was all rectified mm-hmm. perfectly. And my dad realizes that he was wrong mm-hmm. about my partner and about the filthy grinding. Everybody was forgiven. Mm-hmm. We played the song and my partner and I, we did the dance that we've been practicing all summer. And everybody joined in because everybody, I guess, had been kind of hanging out in the bushes and watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I don't know. They knew the dance. Wow. Yeah. And then it came to that point where we were going to do the, the climactic the big lift. Big finale. Yeah, the big finale. And I was going and I kind of hesitated. My dad yells out, jump! The DJ thought he was calling for a song. So, record scratch. Yep. They put on Van Halen's jump. Oh, man. It gave me the power to go. And I did the jump and we oh, did the man. lift. So anyway, I went to the DJ afterwards, and he gave me a copy of that album. Tell me a little bit more about this filthy grinding. This isn't slow dance mm-hmm. where you're just like swaying back and forth, is it? It's, uh, it's a little bit more in-depth than that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My memory of Van Halen is David Lee Roth flying across the stage, <laughs> wearing the sunglasses and like swimming. Then you're holding a boombox. Boom yep. And then Michael Anthony flying with his Jack Daniels bass. Yep. My memory is <laughs> the videos from 1984. <laughs> Jump, Panama, Hot for Teacher, yeah. Van Halen will always be that in my yeah. mind. And I'm okay with that. If that's your version of Van Halen, then that is the correct version yeah, of Van I th- Halen. I think you got it right. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump in. You think about some of the best album opening songs of all time. Yeah. I straight mean, out of Compton. Oh, man. You wear the streets have no name. Tearing up my heart by yeah. NSYNC. Iconic. Iconic. Openers. 1984 kicks off with this barn burner of an <laughs> opening. Sounds like a robot taking a dump. <laughs> I feel like I'm walking through the land of tomorrow at like Epcot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you are a Van Halen fan. Were uh, they called Van Halens? Oh my gosh, did they? Uh, they should have. 
I'm trademarking that. Yeah. At this point, it's going to get you a lot oh, man. of money. Okay. If you are a Van Halen fan, you have fallen in love with Edward Van Halen. Yep. You have been pulled in by the decadent party nature. Of High energy. David Lee Roth. Yep. You have been drawn in <laughs> oh, by man. the Jack Daniels bass <laughs> of Michael Anthony. And there's a drummer too. They have been doing an album a year since 1978. Five albums in. They're known for their live show, but mainly they're known for Eddie Van Halen. Eruption, arguably the greatest solo. Even at eight, nine years old, not playing an instrument or not at that time having any interest in playing an instrument. I knew and everybody I I knew knew Eddie Van Halen was the greatest guitarist in the world. And then this album starts out with this weird synthy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, moving sidewalk at Epcot. <laughs> right. In a lot of ways, though, it, it's a proper introduction to this album because of the change in direction. It's just over a minute, and honestly, I think that they put it in here to make a statement, but also because it segues into this now-famous song. rocking song apparently inspired by someone about to jump off a building <laughs> exactly <laughs> used at sporting events oh man used as inspiration encouraging people to go for it it's the 80s <laughs> this is as we'll talk about 1984 is really it's the beginning of the end it had been leading well it's the way. beginning of this version of the band right thank you it's <laughs> the yeah of van halen <laughs> yeah. not van Halen part two. Van Sharon. Let's talk about how they got here. Yeah. We got two brothers, Eddie and Alex. Their dad's a professional musician. Where's he from? Denmark. Moves over. They don't have a lot of money, but it's great because no matter how little money they had, mm-hmm. music was always a priority. Yeah. Alex and Eddie, naturally, they wanted to play rock and roll. So Alex starts out with a guitar. <laughs> Eddie starts out on drums, yep. which what would have happened? Oh my gosh. Then he probably would have just been the best drummer in the world. That's true. They end up switching. Their mom still makes them play 30 minutes of piano every day before they could do any rock and roll, even though they disapproved of it. But Mm -hmm. it becomes clear quickly that Eddie is different. Yeah. That's the Van Halen brothers. As soon as they were able, they started forming bands. Mm -hmm. First band, Genesis. (laughs) 
<laughs> for a while until Whoops. one day they go into the record store and see that there's another band called Genesis. <laughs> so then they change to Mammoth. Not right? bad. On the other side of town is David Lee Roth. On the good side of town. <laughs> On the good side of the tracks. <laughs> yep. David Lee, whose dad is a doctor from an early age, is telling everybody he's going to be famous. He's going to be a rock star. He wants to be an entertainer. And his dad's got the money to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the house that has the space for rehearsing, can put a band together and... We've got a place to play. Come, yeah, come 14,000 square feet on acres, mm -hmm. a mansion. He's determined to be an entertainer. And on the other end of the spectrum is Eddie, who, as the years go on, as we'll see, despite all the accolades and fame and money, and he just wants to be a musician. Yeah. You don't become the best guitarist in the world if your goal yeah. is to be famous. Right. Yep. It's just that he was obsessed with the guitar, never put it down. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, David Lee Rich is in a band called Red Ball Jets, but they're not very good. He's not very good mm -hmm. as a singer. And apparently the Van Halen brothers and the people in their crowd used to make fun of Red Ball Jets. As soon as David Lee Roth sees Van Halen, the brothers, he wants to be in the band. Eddie Van Halen is singing, doesn't want to sing. Mm -hmm. So he tries out, doesn't make it. It was kind of embarrassing, apparently. <laughs> like Eddie walked out of the room. Tries out again, doesn't make it. Three times he tries out and does not make the band. And they're kind of like, man, get out of here. You, you're, yeah. you're terrible. You can't sing. They end up in the same scene with them having to rent David Lee Roth's PA for performances because it's the early 70s and, mm -hmm. and that's what you do. Yep. He finally makes it in the band. He convinces them. And part of that was because they didn't want to rent his PA anymore. They become Van Halen. I think there was another band called Mammoth. <laughs> Probably. David Lee Roth's idea. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. It's cool name. David Lee Roth, to his credit, he wanted to be an entertainer. You can't have Van Halen without him. Nope. They would have just gone some metal direction. A concert by Mammoth often consisted of the second side of a Black Sabbath album, front to back. Yep. And instead, he was able to push them in a direction where they started to bring more pop, danceability. Mm -hmm. One thing that David Lee Roth said in an interview was, everyone's trying to turn a backyard party into a concert. And he said, I'm trying to turn every concert into a backyard party. Yep. David Lee Roth wanted people to dance and they found the perfect bassist because not only was he just this good dude who could lay down a foundation, mm -hmm. he could sing incredible backing vocals. Underrated backing vocals. Oh harmonies. my gosh. Yep. We've talked about Mike Mills as being the best backing vocalist. Mm -hmm. Man, I'd put Michael and Anthony up there. Oh yeah. One of the other reasons he was perfect for Van Halen and David Lee Roth is he brings these incredible backing vocals. He also had a, a bit of the entertainer side to him as well. Yeah. Michael Anthony always looked like he was having the time of his life. Yeah. It shows in, in the music. It showed in their live shows. They were a great compliment to each other. Yeah. While you had on the other end of the spectrum, the musicianship and the songwriting of Eddie Van Halen. And with hindsight being what it is, we think, oh, you, David Lee Roth was just looking to be famous. You're lucky you get in with the, the greatest guitarist of his time. Mm -hmm. But you put those pieces together. I mean, that, that's there's some uh, alchemy. There's some yin and yang there. there. Yeah. You had to have them both. Mm -hmm. There's more to talk about, but that's the direction where you've got Eddie Van Halen pushing the musical side and Alex. Yep. David Lee Roth, who's a fan of Motown, who's a fan of <laughs> pop music really trying to, to make things danceable and fun. Mm -hmm. That's why when we talk about jump, there's a little bit of irony yeah. because David Lee Roth was against jump and it ended up being their only number one hit. Right. In some ways, it's this combination of old and new Van Halen too because you've got the, the synthesizer, you've got the yeah. danceability, the pop sensibilities to it, but you've still got a 
blistering guitar solo yeah. by Eddie Van Halen in the middle of it. Yeah, apparently the famous synthesizer that is so recognizable. Mm-hmm. He'd had that riff as early as 1979. He pitched it for the two previous albums, and it was rejected by the band. Yeah. They have the same producer, Ted Templeman, mm-hmm. from their first album. As they're producing these albums, you know, there's pressure for a band once you get a great album, like the first album went gold yeah. in just a couple of months, then there's pressure to you gotta get back in there and yeah. crank another one out. And... So Van Halen 2, they end up using some rejected songs yeah. from the first album. Yeah. As they go along, the last straw for Eddie was when they did Diver Down, they did three covers. Yeah. The Martha and the Vandellas song, Dancing in the Street. Eddie just hated. A Pretty Woman was something of a radio hit. Yeah. I'm sure he's rolling his eyes and thinking, this is not who we are. He's embarrassed. Yeah. He's recognized at this point as being one of the most innovative creative guitarists in years. And they're doing cover songs. What? He takes matters into his own hands, builds his own studio in his backyard. (laughs) Basically, he and the engineer kind of split from the producer and David Lee Roth, Mm -hmm. started doing their own thing, recording all hours of the night. To which his neighbor, the actress who played the bionic woman, would call Valerie Bertinelli and complain, <laughs> which is another just super 80s That's sentence. A, isn't it? Yeah. But it's funny that he just was like, okay, I'm just going to build a whole entire studio and just start recording things yeah. myself. He really leans into the synthesizer and other things at this point. But I do think it's funny that with Jump, Eddie told Daryl Hall of Hollow Notes that I essentially ripped off your kisses on my list. Yeah, so there's clearly a chasm forming in Van Halen between Eddie's musical direction. And Eddie's also, up to this point, a pretty shy introvert. He's not David Lee Roth. He's not dancing on stage. There were times where he would like turn his back to the crowd because he knew everyone was trying to figure out how he was doing his finger picking and and all that and i so, like that he thinks somebody could watch and go oh i got <laughs> I it i see what you did there. Yep. Uh, that's easy i'm gonna do that done now. and done <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the irony of him as he's doing these amazing solos and he's the guitarist everyone wants to be but in his heart he's just kind of like i just want to play music anytime you see those players it's because they're the kid in the bedroom yeah just playing for hours yeah it's not that he's like a nerd or anything no. but it's just there's an obsession, so mm-hmm. you're not David Lee Roth out partying. Yeah. He's wanting Van Halen to grow as a band. He's wanting Van Halen's songwriting to grow and not just be party songs. You have this guy in David Lee Roth who only wants to have a party all the time. Yeah. You're going to butt heads and it's going to come to a head at some point. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad sign. If you take the keys to the studio, you take your ball home. Yeah. He's been fed up. He's like, I'm getting this riff out there. Yeah. Jumps the first one they record. Then he takes it to the band and insists on... Hey, we're doing this. I guess he'd put a drum machine in there. That's when they finally relented and said, all right, if we're doing it, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And they did it in one take. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah. They are incredible. These guys were relentless in touring and playing. Yep. They had this attitude of we're going to take over the world. Yeah. They did. That was the, the formula was you put on an album, tour relentlessly, put mm-hmm. on another album. You're never not touring. That's how they made their living. One thing I love about Van Halen, and this even goes back to the original album. They were big on not one take, but kind of full takes, Mm -hmm. not doing overdubs. Apparently Eddie Van Halen just, he wanted to play like he played live where he doesn't need a whole bunch of layers and everything. Mm -hmm. He's going to make it sound full, but they would leave mistakes in. This is the keyboard track to jump isolated. Listen to this. Fast forward it in a bit. 
There's a mistake coming up. Listen to this. Wow. This is the track from the album. Anyway, isn't that interesting? Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. Warts and all. I kind of like that. They're that rock and cool. roll. Yeah. Let's talk about the video to this, Matt. A couple of the videos from this album are you know, like live videos, right? Some footage from like a real concert and then sound check footage and you get a sense of what their live shows were and that's kind of the cool thing about these early days of mtv you can just get on the internet and watch a show of someone live on stage and and so you've got the ability to see what this band might have looked like on stage this for david lee roth i mean he was made for music videos yes they would not have been as big as they were without right. mtv right michael anthony the fun life ha- hamming it up yeah you know he's the one that you want to hang out with the most yeah David Lee Roth. Ultimate showman. Yep. Doing his kicks. <laughs> wearing bikini briefs over tights. Yeah, over leather tights. Yep. <laughs> the party continues. Boy, does it ever. With this next song, Panama. Yeah, so this is my first memory, is them flying across the stage. It's the third single. If you were a Van Halen fan, and you were blown away or taken aback by 1984 and the synthesizers of Jump, Mm -hmm. this is giving you what you came for. They're back. It's driving bass and drums, Eddie doing his thing. I think they did this for a while, but Eddie's guitar is only in the left channel. And they have, I think, like the reverb in the right channel. And so if you're listening on headphones, it only sounds like his guitar is in your left ear. Which is really interesting considering that they don't have tons of layers and right. synthesizers in this song. You can't have a song about you know, burning up the road and fast cars without real car sounds. That's right. And it's hard to have a more 80s statement than they recorded Eddie Van Halen's Lamborghini revving up <laughs> for the song. That was one of the um, car posters I know I had in my room yeah. as a teenage boy. It was multiple Lamborghinis. Gosh, they were big. That was the aspirational sports car Yeah, that you knew you probably were never going to get. That's right. You, you would see Porsches, but you would you never see You didn't see Lamborghini. many Lamborghinis. Yeah. Not in Dunn. Well, the one Lamborghini <laughs> in Dunn probably was like 1985. You know, Dunn is right off Interstate 95, so you get a lot of people in New York to Miami. Dunn's the stop on Dunn the way. Dunn is the halfway point. That's right. The story goes, it was on the front page of the local paper, so I'm sure it was real. This guy had just bought a Lamborghini in New York and was driving to Florida, and it caught fire 
right outside done. So there were photos of this brand new Lamborghini just in flames. I love that you remember that. Of course I remembered it. It was my dream car. Yeah, you're like nine, ten years old and you see that. It's burned in your memory. Yeah, Lamborghinis, man. Big in the 80s. What do kids want to drive now? Teslas. I guess. La. <laughs> Matt, I got something for you. This is a version of Panama with a different singer. Oh. Let's see if you recognize it. You have to listen close. You might want to close your eyes okay. to make sure you okay. know. I'll get this. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only this would happen. Isn't this incredible? <laughs> it is. Wait till you get to the chorus. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing how well that works. I know. That's fantastic. I love that. That's somebody who just knows music, who's driving around and hears that that yep. driving beat and they mm. think oh man I can hear but I can't believe that. it fits so well that's yeah. amazing you referenced it earlier with the video to, to this one too with David Lee Roth flying across the stage yes with goggles on and holding a boom box and again like the videos from between Jump and Panama were not drastically different in that they're showing you know the band on stage and this one combines live footage with also them flying across the stage (laughs) and then there's that weird scene of david lee roth being taken out in a towel by the cops right there's no way that's real what is that supposed to symbolize Yeah, what does that mean we're talking about panama right the car his car that he named panama Oh, there's footage of him driving said car. Man, it's the 80s. It doesn't matter. It doesn't you matter. can have whatever you want in a music video. So, earliest age, I knew Van Halen was a party. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jack Daniels bass. Right. I'm nine, and I see that's a Jack Daniels bass. Right. To this day, when you say Van Halen, I think Jack Daniels bass. <laughs> that's what I think. You don't, you don't think Eddie's red and black, white striped guitar? You second, think maybe. First, Jack Daniels bass. Second, Tidy Whitey's over Bandex. Yep. And then third, Eddie's guitar. That's How fair. much do you party? If you have a Jack Daniels bass. <laughs> Gosh, dude, how are these guys, how Walking. do they even survive? Yeah. There's definitely a lot of stories of debauchery oh, yeah. surrounding this band. This is a family podcast, so we won't get into it. Side one closes out with two other songs. <laughs> two other Van Halen songs. Two other Van Halen songs. But then you flip it over, whether it's a cassette or the album, and this is what's waiting for you.
second. And what do you think the teacher's gonna look like this year? Did he have a kidney stone? I don't know, man. That's one of the best parts about Van Halen, though. And you don't notice it when we're growing up. No. It's just, oh, that's David Lee Roth. Yeah. But now when you listen... That's all I notice. That's all you notice. (laughs) One of the best things about David Lee Roth are all the noises and grunts. Howls and screams, and they're omnipresent. I think the best example is this that you shared with me. That's why the internet was invented. Exactly. And this is a great example of David Lee Roth. Doing David Lee Roth. Doing David Lee Roth. This is just the vocals from Running with the Devil. Oh, yes. whistle thing in there like a a birthday whistle yeah what i hear from those kinds of isolated vocals Mm -hmm. bits you realize that he's not the best singer in the world at all but he brought an energy and he brought the party he brought the party it resonated again like it worked well in that sort of symbiotic relationship with the virtuosity of eddie van halen because eddie used to just stand there these videos where michael anthony's running around they're doing high kicks they're doing moves that's all David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. He's the one who turned Mammoth into Van Halen. Right. Eddie Van Halen was going to be famous no matter what. Yeah. What sort of famous? Would he have been more of a Steve Vai? Ingve Malmsteen. But instead, there's a pop element. There's a rock element. It was David Lee Roth, man. The energy can't be understated because when they were coming up, metal was dead. Mm-hmm. Punk and New Wave is just starting. So right. everybody says that's the direction yeah. in which we're headed. Disco is still Disco. hot. Mm-hmm. Metal is dead. The reviews for the first album are just terrible. Right. But meanwhile, it's selling like crazy. I love their mentality. Whether they were playing in front of 20 or 10,000, every night we're bringing the party. Yeah. When they started touring, they're blowing Black Sabbath yep. off the stage. They were famous for, like you said, upstaging the headliner as the opening act. First of all, what guitarist wants to go on after Eddie? But also, what frontman wants to go on? Yeah. They bring the party every time. Matt, can we talk about this video? We have to talk about this video. You can't talk about this song without no. talking about the video. So you and I are nine, <laughs> ten years old, and the kids in the video are nine, nine ten, ten years, years old. old. It's a clever video. Yeah. David Lee Roth's idea. In the beginning, they show each band member with their little nine-year-old counterpart right. dressed exactly like them. Yep. And they did a great job casting awesome. them. Mm-hmm. And they show these kids, and the teacher comes in. Turns out, she's a stripper. Yep. Which <laughs> It's the 80s. It's the 80s. The rampant sexuality in the world of Van Halen. I right. mean, 
And it's funny because we've talked about this, what we've grown accustomed to as kids of the 80s, right. but watching this video last night, <laughs> what was going on when they're filming this? There's the scene of the teacher dressed in a skimpy bikini, walking, walking on the tables where there's probably 30 little boys and girls around her cheering. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> but in the 80s, you're like, eh, MTV. My parents probably walked through and were like, what are you watching? I'm like Van Halen. They're like, All right. All right. That's good. <laughs> that's fine. That looks fun. It was a different time. The teachers, one was a former Miss Canada ripping their clothes off in front of nine year old kids yeah let's check out the solo because the solo is amazing mm -hmm. but also thanks to the internet we have it isolated just his guitar He wasn't just fast. Yeah. He's inventive. He didn't invent tapping, but he's the one who sort of took it and exploded it. He's doing stuff with his amps that no one had heard of. He's doing stuff to get tones. He's building his own guitars. It's more than just like he just sat there and played over and over. I mean, he was yeah. obsessed. That seemed like that was another thing back in the 80s. Was like, mm -hmm. who's the fastest soloist in the world? Yeah. He's doing these solos that show off his uncanny ability and, and his genius guitar playing. But they're also intricately part of the song and adding melody. He's adding... Yeah. They're borderline pop songs. Yeah. I mean, Jump's a pop song. Yeah. The fact that he can do that within the song, knows, he knows the music. Mm -hmm. Matt, Eddie Van Halen played the guitar solo on Beat It. And we've talked about that on our Michael Jackson Thriller Epipod. Mm -hmm. And there's a funny story that it's one of these stories oh, that oh we love. Yes. The studio stories that are so extreme. Yep. And so this is what's reported that Eddie took his own engineer mm -hmm. because that's the only guy who could help him get his sound. And it was so loud as he was playing the last notes of the solo, one of the studio monitors blew up and caught fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no way that happened because he's so intense, so, so loud, loud and piercing that a monitor blew up and caught fire. Like, what? <laughs> Who told that story? His Quincy engineer. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> in 1983, the albums that are being recorded at that time, Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson Thriller, Prince Purple Rain, mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen, Van Halen, mm -hmm. that seems to be when the 80s yep. started really coming together is mm -hmm. that 1983, 1984 time frame. And Van Halen's a big part of that. Like you said earlier, they were bringing back to the mainstream this hard rock, heavy metal sensibility that had become somewhat passe. Mm -hmm. You still had bands out there producing albums. I mean, Iron Maiden's still a thing. They're still touring at that time. Yeah, but we're talking about mainstream. Mainstream. But competing with New Wave. And Prince. Duran Duran. Michael you know, Jackson. Punk that kept creeping in there, yep. even into the mainstream. When I listen to like Top 40 Radio now, mm -hmm. when I'm riding with my kids, I wonder if that's going to come back. Right now, I don't hear a lot of rock. What's going to be the, the next thing to kind of pop back up as, as a throwback, if you will. You know, to someone who says, I do still like guitar, bass, drum, rock. Mm -hmm. We're going to make this big again. Yeah. And that's what Van Halen did. But you're right. That's what they did. But they also represented the party and decadence of the 80s, <laughs> you know, with a Lamborghini on your track, <laughs> the excess of the 80s, everything from his playing to 
the attitude of party and mm -hmm. David Lee Roth's whole aura. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one more single that we're going to talk about, Matt. I'll wait. got another keyboard song yep and apparently david lee roth hated it ted templeman hated it they thought jump was bad they thought this was even weaker yep eventually eddie got his way which meant that david lee roth had to write vocals for it mm -hmm. and he was having a difficult time right so matt it's the 80s it's the 80s who does he call to get help writing this song no no the michael mcdonald he came from somewhere back in where long ago so if you're david lee roth you don't respect michael mcdonald no. in order to foster creativity and this had to be new for michael mcdonald and i would give anything to oh see his gosh. reaction he hangs up a picture of a calvin klein female model wearing male underwear and says why don't we sing to this picture <laughs> I don't know if that's really 80s or really David Lee Roth or both. I think it's a little bit of both. When you think about the lyrics. This isn't him like, oh, I'm inspired by this model in this ad. Someone to create a story, a narrative about yeah. who she is. And, and our... No, no. It's like, you're in the pages of a magazine and you're yeah. really beautiful. I wish you were real. And then he says, such good photography. <laughs> that's a lyric. That's the 80s, dude. How are these lyrics in a song that reached like top 10 you wonder like was eddie van halen just going with it or were they like man good job awesome. that's poetry let me see that picture yeah dude you nailed yeah. it i mean it worked right he gets crap for just being a party guy and an entertainer but i mean he wrote these melodies yeah. they're catchy they, they yeah. fit he knows I mean, what he's we, doing yeah when you when you hear those like that running with the devil you, yeah. can, you can hear the <laughs> you hear the melody you hear the brilliance. <laughs> the brilliance i think it's fitting that we we end on this song because after this album david lee roth does a solo ep and then eventually leaves the band mm -hmm. they bring in sammy hagar and do 5150 go on to do ou812 and and other albums but this song to me feels like the beginning of that direction yeah. jump has the synthesizers but that's mm -hmm. a david lee roth song yeah and you could see sammy hagar singing this one right it's got more of that 80s synth feel this feels like, hey, this is where we're headed next. This this feels like a safer pop song. You don't have the, the David Lee Roth screams and howls. And I don't imagine during I'll Wait, he's jumping off like the drum riser and doing his high yeah. kicks. Yeah, you're right. This seems much more in line with a Sammy Hagar, Van Halen direction, mm -hmm. for sure. What an album to say goodbye to this version of Van Halen, to the magic that mm -hmm. is David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. The yin and the yang. 
when David Lee Roth leaves, he goes all in on his yen. Yep, doing cover songs. Doing cover songs. Just a gigolo. Doing California Girl. <laughs> yeah. And he was helped by the videos yeah, immensely. Exactly. And then he's kind of on a quickly downward trajectory after that. And Van Halen continues on, but drops the party. Had some pretty major success. Yeah, but, but so with, much more subdued. I mean, yeah. when you think of that Van Halen with Sammy Hagar, they've calmed down. Alex sobers up. Mm-hmm. It's not the decadence. It feels like the 90s came early. Even compared to the videos, you're, you're going from Hot for Teacher and yeah. Panama to Dreams, which is the Blue Angels. Right. Oh, the boys have grown up. Yeah. So Matt, we've got this iconic album, 1984. Listeners, what we do every epipod is we challenge one another. If you had to remove a song, which one would it be? Matt, you hear a revving of an engine. <laughs> you look out and David Lee Roth is in that stupid convertible <laughs> And he's here to pick up your wife oh boy. and your daughters Eesh. to go for a ride Man. if you don't take a song quickly, quickly <laughs> off yeah. of 1984. So if you had to, which song would it be? If I had to remove a song off 1984, it would be the last one, House of Pain. We've talked about the hits on this album. There are some rocking Van Halen songs on this album, like Top Jimmy and Drop Dead Legs that fit into that Van Halen oeuvre, if you will, of guitars and sex and cars and all that. House of Pain just feels kind of blah to me. To end the album on it just seems like a bit of a downer. It's a song that predated their first album. It didn't make one. Yeah. Didn't make two. You know, so it seems like something they reworked, but why? Just if it didn't make it yet, then get it off. What about you? What song would you remove? I would remove Matt Drop Dead Legs. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Dig that steam, giant butt. He wrote this after watching Marilyn Monroe in the famous scene where the air vent is blowing up her dress. dress. Yeah. So he's like, dig that steam. I see it. And he's like, oh, her skirt went up. Giant butt. Like, David, (laughs) what? Write what you see, David. (laughs) I mean, I could have taken off Girl Gone Bad. I mean. I could have taken off Top Jimmy. I don't mind Top Jimmy. I mean, it sounds like a Van Halen song. Yeah. It's just kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean... Well, they all are. <laughs> I mean, Hot for Teacher really makes me think... I think about the educational system in America. <laughs> what if we hired more strippers? <laughs> so it's really a jobs plan. <laughs> we only scratched the surface with Van Halen. Uh, Luckily, they don't go below the surface. So no, <laughs> we've pretty true. much covered everything you need to cover with Van Halen. Yeah. What a fun band... Yeah. I have more respect for them and their work ethic yeah. after really digging into them. There was something magical about this iteration of Van Halen and especially this time of Van Halen. You know, Matt, it's been fun. We've taken a trip back to our 80s childhood. Mm-hmm. Standing in the room watching myself as a nine-year-old watching Hot for Teacher <laughs> just really makes me laugh and think, what were the 80s? Oh, man. But I don't think we'll ever have an answer to that question. Thanks again to everyone for listening to another episode of Finest Work Songs. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Finest Work Songs and check us out on Facebook as well. We can't wait to see you next time. We have more fun epipods coming. Until then, we're going to go ahead and take you out with this. 
theme song is by the incredible band medium heat this track is called radio and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com and check out any upcoming shows if you are in the raleigh area they are on facebook at medium heat 